Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, Freddie Freeman tweaked his hamstring. Hopefully it's no big deal, but we'll talk about what it could mean for the Dodgers. Plus, we'll talk about a rumor that just won't seem to die about Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa making sense for the Dodgers and why that's a stupid rumor. And we'll talk about the little Will Smith, Randy Rosarena kerfuffle from the other night, and uh, or at least, you know, what people thought was a kerfuffle. Anyway, that's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. <laughs> You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, my name is Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Imperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And speaking of get started, let's get started here. Uh, the big news in Dodgerland, uh, the Dodgers didn't play on Tuesday. Neither did Team USA. So uh, uh, the only, I think, um, the only, I, I know Freddie Freeman was in action because that's what we're going to talk about. I guess uh Venezuela might have played. Um, I don't remember for sure. Uh, but uh, Freddie Freeman played, and he came out of the game early with a hamstring issue. And Canadian manager Ernie Witt, he said that it's just precautionary uh, that Freeman felt a little something, so they they pulled him out. Witt said that uh, Freeman is unlikely to play today. Uh, he said their doctors and the Dodgers doctors will all have plenty of say in that uh ultimately though you know it it would be a real bummer if freeman missed any real time with the hamstring injury suffered in the the world baseball classic he uh, there was a really cool video the dodgers put out uh sujo who runs the dodger social media she went to freddie's home and talked with him and chelsea and uh freddie got pretty uh Candid and emotional talking about why he's playing for Team Canada to honor his mom who died when he was 10 years old. Talked about some of the other things that I, I wasn't aware of. But the reason that you never see Freddie Freeman without long sleeves on is uh, because his mom died of skin cancer. And so he's very uh, conscientious about keeping his skin covered when he's out in the sun and uh, and as a tribute to his mom, little things like that. But, you know, we, we've seen enough of Freddie Freeman to know that he is not afraid to get emotional sometimes. And that's a good thing. Uh, he was very much in touch with his, uh, with his emotions in that interview. And uh, so it, it's really cool that he's playing for team Canada and it, it's a bummer that he had to miss this game or most of this game that uh, it's actually kind of an important game that Canada is playing today because they, uh, it, as far as qualifying for the next WBC, I think I read if they were to win today's game, they would qualify automatically for next WBC. 
Uh, and for a country like Canada that isn't always going to qualify that, that is a big deal. Um, so it's a bummer for that, but the bigger bummer would be if he misses any real time with the Dodgers. I don't think it's going to come to that. Uh, I I'm hoping that this really was precautionary that they got him out of there early and that after a day or two of rest, he will be just fine. Uh, but I did want to talk about possibilities if, you know, if it is worse than that, uh, whether it's, you know, even if this is minor, but it's a sign that, you know, and next week playing for the Dodgers or playing in the WBC, I guess he won't be in the WBC because they're not going to make it to the next round. Uh, but back playing with the Dodgers next week, if he was to tweak a hamstring, you know, looking at what options the Dodgers have. When you have a first baseman like Freddie Freeman, you don't focus a lot on backup first baseman. Uh, that's not a very necessary position when you have Freddie Freeman. And so the Dodgers do, though, they have a lot of options. Max Muncy was actually the best defensive first baseman in baseball in 2021. Uh, and then he voluntarily moved positions. Uh, obviously, he didn't have a say in it. He would have had to move. But he uh, openly campaigned for the Dodgers to sign Freeman, knowing that he would have to change positions. Um, Freeman won the gold glove. Muncy was better defensively in 2021, but he didn't play as many innings. And so it was... Uh, it was perfectly reasonable that Muncie didn't win the gold glove, but he was per inning, the best defensive first baseman in baseball in 2021. So he's definitely an option, but he's been playing almost exclusively third base. They've said you are a third baseman. And I don't think they'd want to move him off of that because then you're just creating a hole at third base. That's not necessarily any easier to fill than the hole at first base. and might be even harder to fill because one guy who really would benefit from a Freddie Freeman injury, and obviously nobody's rooting for a Freeman injury, including this guy. Um, but that would be Michael Bush. Michael Bush has hit pretty well in the spring. Uh, it hasn't not torn the cover off the ball, but he's he's hit the ball pretty well, especially recently in the spring. And uh, with that, you know, but he just got option to the minors. He he's he's not really a candidate to make the opening day roster right now, unless there's an injury. But if Freeman was to get hurt. Bush played first base in college. The Dodgers immediately moved him to second base when they drafted him, um, knowing that there's more defensive value in a second baseman than a first baseman. He's also played some left field. Unfortunately for him, all three of those positions are covered. But if Freeman was going to miss some time, Bush would make a ton of sense because he's a guy you can just slot right in. You don't have to move other guys around defensively like you would if it was Muncie or Miguel Vargas, who's also played some first base, you know, or Miguel Rojas, who's played a little bit of first base. All those guys would require moving other guys around defensively. Michael Bush could just slot in at first base and just say, I'm I'm playing where Freddie would have played. And maybe against left-handers, uh, you know, maybe you do you don't necessarily want to throw Bush totally into the fire. And at that point, uh, I, I don't know for sure who they go with at that point. You know, maybe they do in a game like that, move Chris Taylor to short and Rojas to first base or something. But for the most part, uh, especially if it was just for a week or two, Michael Bush could slot right in there at first base to take Freddie's place. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that, but it would be nice to see Bush get some big league time. Uh, I don't want it at the expense of Freddie Freeman. Uh, I'd rather have, you know, I'm not going to say, and I, there's nobody, I'm not wishing injury on anybody. But if I was making a list of all the Dodgers, in the order of how much I I would be okay with them getting hurt, Freddie Freeman would be very near the bottom of the list. And much closer to the top of the list would be a guy like Trace Thompson, who could open up a spot for, for Michael Bush. Or, you know, I, 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 that that's all I'm going to say. Um, but 
if Freeman is out for any time, it could be an opening for Bush to get a little bit of playing time. And whether that's just showcasing him to another team for a potential trade, which seems like might be in the cards for Bush at some point, or if you could actually, you know, Cody Bellinger started in the big leagues because somebody got hurt. Uh, I think it was Jock Peterson. Cody Bellinger came up, played left field, and he just never went away uh, until this last offseason. You know, that that happens sometimes, and you can force your way onto a roster if you play well enough. That's what Trace Thompson did last year. He was only there to fill in for a couple weeks for Mookie Betts, and then he played well enough that he stuck around. So stranger things have happened, and Michael Bush will be looking for an opportunity. Uh, I hope this isn't that opportunity. But if it is, I hope he's ready, and uh, I, I think he would be a decent fill-in right there uh, if Freeman does miss any time. Something to keep an eye on uh, when Freeman, you know, obviously they're going to be very, very careful and uh, and not press the limits at all. And so I'd be surprised if Freeman plays again uh, in, in the WBC. Like I said, Canada only has the one game left, and, and then they're going to be done. And so chances are his WBC is done. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the Dodgers will probably sit him out for a couple days and get him fully, fully healthy and get him back. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, John Heyman, who writes for, among other places, the New York Post, talking about uh, a rumor that just won't die about Yankees shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, whose name is the hardest in baseball for me to say, uh, and possibly being a fit with the Dodgers. So I'll be back in a minute with that. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And baseball season's coming up, so you can start betting on baseball pretty soon, too. That'll be fun for you. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love to hear from you the comment section. Uh, I, I read all the comments and reply when I can. Saw some interesting comments. Uh, seems a few listeners are having some consternation about Chris Taylor and Jason Hayward continuing to get at bats, even though they're struggling. And uh, to that, I just say it's spring training. This is the point of spring training is to get at bats for guys who are struggling and hope you can get them on track before the regular season starts. And unfortunately uh, for people who get upset by this, not unfortunately in the real world, um, but they're going to keep getting at bats into the season too, because the Dodgers, their way of playing is to get guys ready for October. And we've seen it time and time again, that this approach works guys who suck in the regular season and Dave Roberts keeps playing him. He says, I got to keep him relevant, keeps playing him. And eventually he comes around. We saw it with Jock Peterson at least one time, maybe two different seasons. We saw it with Chris Taylor in 2018. He was terrible at the beginning of the season and he was awesome and very, very important later in that season. Uh, we've seen it so many times to know that this approach works 
and it's going to continue to work and they're going to keep doing it because it's the right approach. And definitely nobody's going to get benched in spring training when the games don't even matter. Uh, the point of spring training is to find out what guys can do. Um, but so that that's just to show you that I do read the comments. Uh, I enjoy those and love to hear your thoughts on anything we're talking about here. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, love to hear from you through social media or whatever. Um, I'll give you all the contact info at the end, like I always do. And you may notice at the beginning of this episode, I was a little bit distracted when I was doing the intro. I discovered that I have the intro memorized pretty well because uh, I was able to, uh, my, my daughter is upstairs washing dishes and she dropped something on the kitchen floor and it was so loud that it activated our alarm system, which I've already armed for the night. And uh, I got a message on my phone saying that the alarm was going off. And so I turned off the alarm on my phone while reciting the opening to this, this podcast. So uh, for those of you who say, why do you do the same opening every, every episode? It's so long. And so that sometimes the alarm goes off and I need something to say that, uh, you know, and for a lot of you, it is your first time with us and we want to introduce ourselves to you and we hope you'll come back and come often enough to get annoyed that we do the same opening every time. That's our goal. Uh, but speaking of uh, getting annoyed, at the same thing over and over, John Heyman for the New York Post. He wrote about Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. The, the main reason Dodgers can't trade for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is because I will never say his name right. I know they just call him IKF. Even that is clunky and doesn't roll well. Maybe I'd get used to that. Um, I, I actually, the my kids used to watch a show on Disney Channel. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It, it was one of those, it was a show about like a, a karate or a kung fu dojo kind of thing um kicking it that's what it was called and uh one uh one of the guys name was rudy gillespie i think he was played by the guy who played hannah montana's older brother on on hannah montana and uh anyway the one episode they say rudy gillespie sensei to the stars and Every time I hear IKF's name, I just think Kiner Falefa, Sensei to the Stars, for some reason. Same reason that when I hear uh, any name that fits with the Macarena beat, I think of the Macarena. You know, hey, Rosarena. I'm going to talk about Randy Rosarena later, and whenever I always hear his name to the Macarena song. Anyway, all that to say, John Heyman wrote about IKF. He says, Isaiah Kiner Falefa has great versatility, and though Yankees people suggest he's still in the shortstop mix, with where he's going to play multiple other positions, including the outfield, it feels like he may be running third right now. Kiner Falefa, a consummate team guy, said he'd live with one of the kids winning the job. I want to play shortstop, but at the end of the day, I want to win the World Series. And then the last sentence in, in Heyman's piece, the Dodgers also would make sense for Kiner Falefa. I take issue with that. I don't think the Dodgers make sense for Isaiah Kiner Falefa. And here's why. He's not very good at baseball. Uh, he, he's very good defensively. Not much of a hitter. And basically, if you compare him, you know, uh, Andrew Friedman last week said the Dodgers aren't going to make a move unless it makes the team better. And uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, you have to compare him to what the Dodgers currently have. And that what they currently have is Miguel Rojas. Kiner-Falefa is basically a little bit worse than Miguel Rojas. He's roughly equal defensively, a little bit worse at hitting. He doesn't walk much or strike out much, just like Rojas, but he walks a little less and strikes out a little bit more. He's just he's just not very good. And while you know, maybe the Dodgers could do some magic with him, uh, he has shown 
sparks of knowing how to hit at times in his career, but never for very long. I mean, his, his best season was 2020 with the Rangers. He had a 93 OPS plus, meaning he was only 7% worse than league average hitting. That year, he batted 280, had a 329 on base percentage, and a 370 slugging percentage. That was a shortened season, of course. Uh, so, I mean, there's nothing about Kiner Falefa's career that says he's ever going to be a good hitter. And so they already have Miguel Rojas. He's already fitting in with the team. He's a good team leader. He's playing great defense. He's hitting pretty well this spring, as Vince talked about yesterday. Everything about Miguel Rojas is a little bit better than Isaiah Kiner Falefa. This spring, even, they have they're hitting exactly the same. Like they, maybe, maybe Kiner Falefa, if everything went right, could be a slight upgrade, but not nearly enough to make it worth making that move, especially because that requires another roster move. You know, what do you do with Miguel Rojas? Do you just put him back as utility infielder, uh, which is fine. Then what do you do with Chris Taylor? You know, and uh, I saw my buddy Doug over at Dodgers Nation suggested maybe trading Trace Thompson for Kiner Falefa. And, uh, you know, so I guess that opens up an outfield spot for Taylor uh, like Heyman said, that the kind of Falefa is maybe going to play some outfield too, although he hasn't played any outfield uh, in a while. Uh, never. He's never played in the outfield in the major leagues. Uh, he has played catcher and third base. He won a gold glove at third base. He's been a shortstop the last couple of years. Uh, he's never played the outfield. So you know, I, I just, th- this rumor, I, I feel like it's lazy. I, that's I, that's the only word I can come to. And I, I, I'm not saying John Heyman's a lazy reporter. I, I think it's just kind of the nature of national reporters who have to be somewhat current with all 30 teams. And so they end up being not extremely current with any team. And for Heyman, writing for the New York Post, if there are teams he's going to be current with, it is going to be the New York teams. And so you have reports like this where – what Heyman knows, and I'm just speculating here, but his thought process is probably something like Gavin Lux got hurt. The Dodgers need a shortstop. Isaiah Kiner Falefa is a Isaiah Kiner Falefa is a shortstop, and he doesn't have a job. The Yankees should trade him to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers don't need a shortstop. Uh, even the day Lux got hurt, the, all the conversation was, "Well, good thing they have Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor, who are both shortstops." And yeah, if Carlos Correa bad example for a lot of reasons. If Francisco Lindor was available on the trade market, yeah, the Dodgers would probably be interested in filling Gavin Lux's absence with Francisco Lindor or with, you know, somebody who is an upgrade, a clear upgrade at shortstop over Miguel Rojas. But right now there's nobody available like that. You know, Willie Adamas or Tim Anderson, those guys will be upgrades, not defensively, but overall, because they will hit better, they'd be upgrades over Miguel Rojas. Those are trades the Dodgers might be interested in making. Neither of those guys are available. The reason Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is available is because he's not good enough to even be the backup shortstop for the Yankees. And so, like, why would the Dodgers be interested? The answer is they wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. It never made sense. It will never start to make sense. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not saying John Heyman's lazy. 
I, I think it's lazy reporting, but it's almost by necessity because uh, you can't, uh, what's the phrase? Don't half a two things, whole a one thing. That's what I, I think that was. Uh, what's his name? Not Ron Burgundy, Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. Uh, I, I feel like national reporters have to, whatever the 30 team equivalent of half a something is. Sorry, I don't swear. I'd say the actual phrase, but uh, it's like 130th a each team. And there's just not enough energy to actually know what's going on with the Dodgers. And so he doesn't. And so he says things like uh, one sentence, kind of for love, it would also make sense for the Dodgers. No, he wouldn't. Uh, That's it for that topic. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about the news that a Dodgers pitcher retired. And I'll talk about the other day's kerfuffle or brouhaha or fracas or controversy between Will Smith and Randy Rosarena. Hey, Rosarena. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto uh, announced his retirement the other day. I think this was on Monday. And uh, you remember the Dodgers signed Yamamoto to a minor league contract uh, with an invite to spring training. He didn't pitch well in spring training. The Dodgers uh, reassigned him to minor league camp the other day, last week. And he has called it a career. Uh, he is He's still young, but he has seen the writing on the wall that he is just not likely to uh, get another job. He he just doesn't have what it takes to pitch in the big leagues, unfortunately for him. And uh, I feel bad for the guy. He's only 26 years old to be 27 in May. Um, plenty going for him, though. Uh, and I'm sure he will be fine. He seems at peace with the decision. He got to play in the big leagues. That's every little boy's dream. Um, I... Yeah, he, he didn't pitch well at all for the Dodgers. And like I said, when they signed him, it, it was never going to be anything. He just doesn't have what it takes to pitch for the Dodgers. I'm a little surprised maybe that he's retiring and not trying to catch on with a, a lesser team. I think he might be able to be a fifth starter with a bad team or at least a a back and forth guy between the minors. And maybe that's not a stage where he wants to be in his career. Um, but uh, yeah, Jordan Ma- Yamamoto retired and, uh, good luck to him. No hard feelings. Uh, I-, I like the guy, like him just fine, even though I never expected him to pan out. And then hold on. I need to cough. The other day when the United States was playing Mexico in the world baseball classic, uh, Randy Rosarena leading off the game, came up to the plate, uh, did a little fist bump with the umpire and then reached out his fist to get a fist bump from Dodgers catcher Will Smith, who was catching for Team USA, and Smith rebuffed it. He just didn't do anything. Um, This has caused some consternation around the internet, uh, and, and, you know, Rosarena said after the game, no big deal, whatever. You know, I was happy to see him. I I wanted to give him a fist bump. He didn't want to. That's okay. What am I going to do, cry about it? Which is the right answer, you know. uh, people criticizing Smith, uh, like the, the two things that bugged me. Um, and, and obviously, I I wouldn't have minded if Smith had fist bumped Rosarena. I, I, I don't mind that he didn't. I wouldn't be thinking any differently if it had been Mookie Betts who got rebuffed by, by I don't know, who's a, who's a catcher who um, 
Well, I can't think of any catchers I dislike. Uh, Joey Bart. I don't dislike Joey Bart, but he plays for the Giants at least. So if it was Joey Bart, not fist bumping Mookie Betts, okay, whatever. And uh, one thing that bugged me was people talking about this like it's some grand tradition that that Smith broke some grand tradition. And, and it's just not. The tradition, what hitters do, and if you watch it, you'll see hitters, when they come up to the plate for the first time, they will just with their bat tap the catcher on his left shin guard if they're a right-handed hitter. You know, just to close your shin guard, just a little tap. What's up, man? And and that's that's the tradition. There's nothing required of the catcher. And, and, and that's what people do. And so uh, if Rosarena had done that, it's not like uh, Smith would have – yelled at him, don't hit my shin guard. It's just, it just wasn't what people do. And so I, I don't know if Smith saw the fist bump and just didn't want to do it or, or what it was. doesn't really matter to me because it's not some grand tradition. It did remind me of one time when I saw a catcher go actively out of his way to avoid the, the shin guard tap. And that was uh, in the 2018 NLCS uh, Brewers catcher, Eric Kratz. I think that was his name. After you remember the game when Manny Machado, when he was playing for the Dodgers, he kicked Jesus Aguilar in the leg going down to first base and benches cleared a little bit and there was a little bit of drama. Well, the next time, uh, the the next game, I think it was, uh, Machado came up to the plate in a, you know, first time up. And normally when he'd tap the catcher on the shin guard and Kratz made it a point to go stand in front of the plate while Machado was coming to the plate to let him know, I'm not interested in your friendly gesture. Uh, but that's the only time I've seen that rebuffed. And even that was fine. You know, nobody made a big deal out of it. Nobody said Eric Kratz was a racist against Manny Machado because everybody knew, oh, Kratz is upset that Machado was an a-hole yesterday. And uh, that brings me to the second thing that annoys me, which is people trying to make this an issue of race. Like saying that Will Smith is a racist because he didn't fist bump Randy or Rosarena. It's a small minority of people, but it, it, it's there. And I, I know some people are going to tell me, well, just don't, don't mention those stupid arguments. Don't give them the time of day. And, and you know, I, I understand that. I recognize the validity of that. But also I think when people say something stupid, it needs to be called out as stupid sometimes. And there is zero reason to think that Will Smith not fist bumping Randy or Rosarena had anything at all to do with race. The fact that Will Smith is white and Randy or Rosarena is a black Cuban those are facts that exist, but they, unless we find out otherwise, appear to be irrelevant to this particular situation. Will Smith has had plenty of black teammates and Latino teammates and, you know, a, a teammates of a lot of different races and cultures and backgrounds. There's no reason to think that the race had anything to do with it. Maybe Smith still has hard feelings about the, game four of the 2020 world series when a Rosarena scored the winning run. And, you know, maybe that brings back bad memories. So Smith didn't want to fist bump. Maybe Smith just wasn't in the mood to fist bump. Hey, I'm playing a baseball game here, you know, tap my shin guard, do the thing you do, but I'm focused on calling a game. There's a pitcher on the mound who I've never caught before. I'm focused on the game. So I'm not going to fist bump you, but for people to always jump to racism, every time something happens, it, it racism is a real issue. Absolutely. But it cheapens actual instances of racism if we call out racism where it doesn't exist. And 
the downside of saying, oh, Will Smith didn't fist bump Randy Rosarena. He must be a racist. Is that the natural response for people with brains is to think, well, that's stupid. And unfortunately, that makes those people more skeptical the next time racism is claimed. And sometimes, a lot of the time, that next claim will be legitimate. And people will be more skeptical of it because the boy who cried racism just got done crying racism about something that obviously wasn't racist. So hear me clearly. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. In fact, the opposite. I'm saying racism exists and we are doing actual fights against actual racism a major disservice by pretending things are racist when they're not. So, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on Will Smith and Randy Rodrena. You know, I, I hope they hug each other next time they see each other kiss on the mouth or whatever it is that people want them to do. Uh, but what, you know, it, it, it was dumb and now it's over and uh, maybe they'll play each other again later in the WBC. That'll be fun. And maybe it'll be a big story. And if so, locked on Dodgers will be here to cover it for you. Cause we got all this hard hitting news for you. Um, that's going to do it for me for today. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think best fantasy draft strategies is almost as hard for me to say as Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. But anyway... If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning, we would love if you had one or two days a month to your rotation. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers like you do, please tell them about the show because maybe they'll like it too. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.